Thanks to Indeed for supporting the Apple Bits XL. If you're using anything other than Indeed for your hiring, you are wasting your time. Hire great people faster with Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash applebits. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And thanks to ExpressVPN for also supporting the AppleBits XL. Stop letting people keep logs of what you do online. And if you visit expressvpn.com slash AppleBits right now, you can arm yourself with an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, aka BTZ, your host, doing the most for all the good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everyone, to the show. If you are new, first timer here, thanks for hanging out. If you've been coming here since the beginning or since midway, we've been doing the show now for almost three years. We're out, we're just over two and a half years. Thank you so much. So this is really a show that talks about the latest, the biggest stories inside the world of Apple, some of the stories that affect them on the outside. And it was a big week because really this is kind of a, a almost a state of the union address for where Apple is going into 2021. Everything is on their side, big time momentum. They announced their latest earnings, which we will get into, um, but really more some of the big takeaways that came from those earnings, like numbers are numbers, but there's a lot of cool stuff that came out from there. Now, this show is all about you all. If you want to be a part of it, all you got to do, we tell you, call in the show, record a voice memo on your phone, your laptop, whatever platform it is, send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z, your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. If you have any ideas, theories, you want to talk about rumors, you want to talk about products, I'm here for it. And you know, if you want to correct me too, Y'all can do that as well. So applebitsshow at gmail.com is how you take part and really add to the texture of the show. We do have a call this week. We will put that in and you will hear it. Also, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash Tong is the way to do it. Starting at $2 per month, $5 per month is a cup of coffee. We have $10, $25, and the $100 platinum Apple level. This literally supports everything that I do, my video content the podcast content, and the main benefits for you, early access to content, benefits at different levels, and then a completely ad-free version of this podcast. You don't hear a single ad. In fact, if you subscribe and support on Patreon, you don't even hear what I'm saying right now. So patreon.com slash Brian Tong. I'm so grateful for all of your support. That's how you support this show. All right, let's get into the big news from this past weekend. Obviously, Apple put out their earnings. There's been a lot of stuff going on when we talk about money, the stock market. Are are y'all holding on with those diamond hands to your GameStop stock? Are you all of a sudden an expert in the stock market in just two days like everyone appears to be? Well, that's fine. I mean, Apple's always been a steady riser here, but Apple announced their financial results for the first fiscal quarter of 2021. That corresponds to the fourth calendar quarter of 2020, which makes up that October, November, December, the prime time where pretty much Apple gave us the barrage, the full court press of every product. Remember, we talked about four months nonstop, 17 products, new products announced by Apple in 2020. Now for the quarter, Apple posted a record-setting revenue of $111.4 billion and a net quarterly profit 
of $28.8 billion in that first fiscal quarter of 2021. Best ever. Huge. Everyone was expecting this too. Now, what do you think was the majority of sales? Well, it's kind of a no-brainer. The iPhone 12 or just the iPhone family made up 59% of that revenue. Number two, this is where we get interesting. What do you think it is? Is it going to be the wearables? Is it going to be iPad? Is it going to be Mac or services? What do you think? Well, now that I gave you a second to think about it, the number two revenue generator for Apple was services at 14%, showing just how more and more significant that is to the entire Apple ecosystem. And we've got plenty of people that aren't even signed up for a lot of things. For example, me, I've told you, I still don't, I don't sign up for Apple One yet. I don't have an Apple TV Plus subscription. I don't have an Apple Music subscription. I do like being a little, at least, non 100 into apple so it allows me to do other use other things and really experience them and then just kind of play around with the trials that they always throw out there 14 percent of their revenue was made by services in third place wearables and home accessories that includes apple watch and homepod that was 12 percent fourth place and fifth place pretty much tied we don't know the exact amount ipad and mac sales made up eight percent of their remaining revenue. So iPhone number one at 59%, services number two at 14%, wearables and home accessories, sorry, wearables, home and accessories at 12%, and then Mac and iPad tied for fourth at 8%. That's that's pretty bonkers. And it just shows, you know, I love when people say, oh, Apple would be nothing without the iPhone. Yeah, dumbo, they created the iPhone. So 28.8% billion in dollars in revenue that's mo money mo money mo money bring it in cash me out one more time my goodness so apple having a record-setting quarter also we know that the pandemic and coronavirus played into that because more people are at home quite honestly more people bought max now if we break down some of this some of kind of the numbers within the numbers so you have an idea of like how are all these products going Apple saw the largest number of iPhone upgrades ever in Q1 of 2021. Well, that typically correlates to the brand new, all new design. We've had the OLED displays with their edge-to-edge design, 5G connectivity as well, depending on if you can take advantage of of that or not. And then we have really the iPhone 12 Pro camera getting a few little bump ups, but there's a lot of people that skipped the 11 Pro or, you know, may have waited And then all of a sudden you get this new form factor and body. So the 12 was obviously a hit and the number one, uh, sorry, the largest number of iPhone upgraders ever happened in Q1 of 2021. More than 1 billion active iPhones are worldwide, also up from 900 million in 2019. 1.65 total billion total active devices. All right, let's keep on going here. Globally, Apple takes the top spot in global smartphones market with a record 82 million iPhone shipments in Q4 of 2020. So this is based on shipments not sold, which we know they sold a whole bunch. Apple made up 81.1 million units as the top spot for shipments. Samsung number two at 62 million. Xiaomi 
number three at 43.4 million. Then you have Oppo, Vivo. Obviously, like what's interesting is you have Apple and Samsung and the rest are all Asian uh, man- Chinese manufacturers. Big deal over there. Also, we talked about over 1 billion active iPhones worldwide. That's 1.65 billion total devices. That's a milestone that they hit with these earnings. So if you're trying to tell me that the iPhone market is dwindling or dying, look, they put out four models of a new iPhone 12. There was something for everyone. Now, we started to hear reports that the iPhone 12 mini maybe wasn't wasn't as successful as they hoped it would be. They started shifting manufacturing towards other models um, midstream, I guess you could say. And everyone is love the iPhone 12 mini kind of form factor and size, but it still shows that it doesn't mean that people are going to buy it per se. Like I think it fits perfectly in hand, but for me, I still would deal with the larger size and I've been comfortable with that just because of a lot of the other benefits you have with the higher end models, especially the pro line. With a record number of active devices, Apple also saw a record number of FaceTime calls on Christmas. I wonder why, maybe because many of us were separated from our loved ones this year. I stayed at my parents' house, but I didn't see all my families, even if we were super local in uh, the Bay Area. I just stayed with my parents. So really, we're talking about huge, massive growth rolling into 2021. Now, it doesn't mean that necessarily that they'll sell as many new iPhones. I mean, we've heard all about how the next iPhone is really going to be more like an iPhone 12S, but that's okay because when you do that whole brand new redesign, that's when we expect to see all this momentum and the earnings are kind of backing that up. Apple's wearables category, no longer number two, right? Number two is their uh, services, but their Apple wearables category set new revenue records in Q1 2021 as well, hitting $13 billion up from $10 billion in the year ago quarter. Now remember, unfortunately, Apple doesn't tell us and reveal all their sales numbers anymore, but this includes in their wearables, home and accessories, Apple Watch, HomePod, HomePod Mini, AirPods, AirPods Max. I believe Apple TV is also part of this group, but no, Apple TV sales, I don't know even if they're even making a tick on the radar. I mean, those those are really low and who knows when we'll actually see a new model, but obviously Apple came out with their Series 6. My review recommendation, if you had a four or five, was to really pass on it unless the health features, the blood oxygen monitoring was crucial for you. We'll hear more about the Apple Watch later. And then Apple continues to dominate the tablet market with an estimated 19.2 million shipments in Q4 of 2020. The second closest was Samsung at 9.9 million. So Samsung, the number two player, at least from a standpoint of tablet shipments, is almost 50% less than Apple. Apple at 19.2, Samsung at 9.9. Third place was Amazon at 6.5, then Lenovo at 5.6, Huawei at 3.5, and then the others were bundled up at 8.1. So when you talk about, when you look at a market breakdown and your next competitor is half of your number, that, and you're the leader, that's that's domination. Absolute domination. We also want to talk about the iPads, Mac, and iPad sales as they continue to soar. Again, we can only look at these based on revenue because Apple doesn't give us sale numbers. Um, Apple's Mac category brought in $8.7 billion, up from 
$7. billion in the year-ago quarter. And then if you want to talk about iPads, they earned $8.4 billion, up from $6 billion in the year-ago quarter. I mean, everything, everything is roses across the board. Let's talk about Apple's services revenue. Remember, the number two generator of revenue for Apple in the first fiscal quarter of 2021, October to December of 2020. That's that time period. Their services segment brought in $15.8 billion, up from $12.7 billion in the year-ago quarter. So we're talking about by the end of 2021, we might arguably, we could possibly see Apple hit the $20 billion mark. It was years ago, maybe I believe three years ago, potentially three or four now, I guess because the years changed over, where Tim Cook said he wanted double Apple services revenue, and they did that earlier back in 2020. So this includes the App Store, iCloud services, Apple Music, Apple Care, Apple Card, right? We have Apple Arcade, Apple TV Plus, that whole Apple One suite, all of those guys and gals in there, Apple News Plus. This is all part of this. And Apple Pay is now accepted at 90% of retail locations in the US. So even Apple Pay has been a huge success for them. There are no, there are literally no black eyes or bad marks on Apple's earnings. And again, it was a record all-time record quarter for them. So right now, State of the state of Apple, everything is all good. 2020 was one of their strongest years ever. I, you know, they had set things up in 2019 with um, just how they started really listening to the users. The iPhone 11 Pro was a success and it was kind of uh, more unexpected because they went, you know, a little thicker, better battery life, amazing camera. We've talked about this. They decided to finally, after all those years, release a Mac Pro that that audience cared about. And now we're talking about 2021 coming up, which is absolutely going to be the year of the Mac on top. So you're getting all this momentum from the Mac side now where there hasn't been momentum with the M1, with the new hardware, the new redesigns of potentially the Mac iMac and the MacBook Air. There's going to be more momentum from that on top of the building momentum that they established last or this past year, 2020, with all their mobile devices. And you know, those are still going to sell gangbusters. So, you know, you say, 2021 was a record. I would not be surprised if that 2022 first fiscal quarter, which would correspond to the end of 2021, surpasses this one again. You always know that people, when they hear the earnings call and Tim Cook talks about the results and you can kind of throw out questions to them, people are trying to probe him like, what, what's going on with the Apple car? And Tim Cook said, basically, we love to work on products where hardware, software, and services interconnect. It's really awesome. So, I mean, if you're a shareholder of Apple, you should absolutely be happy with the performance. And really, the future and the outlook looks extremely, extremely good. All right. Thanks again to Indeed for sponsoring this podcast. If you're using anything other than Indeed for your hiring, you are wasting your time. Hire great people faster with Indeed and only pay for results and get back time in your schedule. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed's instant match. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly. So you can do the part that you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. 
Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality short list faster. And with Indeed, there are no long-term contracts. You can pause your account at any time and you only pay for what you need. With Instant Match, you see a list of great candidates with zero weight, and Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Also, thanks to ExpressVPN for also sponsoring the podcast. What if there was someone out there who kept a log of every single thing that you did every minute of the day? I think that would be pretty creepy. Well, what if I told you that that's exactly what happens every time you go online? Your internet provider like AT&T or Comcast is allowed to store logs of every website you've ever visited and can legally sell this data to anyone And that's why I use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your internet provider can't see or log what you do online. Now you might be wondering, well, if I'm routing all my data through a VPN, then doesn't that just mean the VPN can see what I'm doing and log my data instead? And you're right to think that, but many VPNs claim to have a no logs policy, but have been caught logging customer activity ExpressVPN is the VPN that you can trust because they use trusted server technology. They were the first major VPN provider to engineer all of their VPN servers to run in RAM. This makes it impossible for their VPN servers to store any data, including logs of any ExpressVPN customer. Stop letting people keep logs of what you do online. Visit expressvpn.com slash AppleBits right now and find out how you can get three months free. That's EX. P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash AppleBits, expressvpn.com slash AppleBits to learn more. All right, so we talked about Apple's earnings and how they how good they look and how they've set themselves up for another killer year in 2021. The return of the Mac! You know something's coming. Well, the other big story this week was Facebook versus Apple and their battle with their approach to privacy and all the back and forth that is happening between them. Now, Facebook, they are actually preparing to launch a lawsuit against Apple for what they deem as alleged anti-competitive behavior. This is more specifically in regards to Apple's app tracking transparency and iMessage. That's according to a report from The Information. Those two features are kind of like what they're zoning in. Now, This antitrust lawsuit from Facebook is contending that Apple has abused its power in the smartphone industry by enforcing app store rules that Apple themselves don't have to follow. So this would say, look, there's requirements that developers use Apple's own in-app payment service. So that makes it harder to compete in areas like gaming, messaging, and shopping. We saw some of this with the whole Fortnite versus Apple, which has not been resolved, but it doesn't look good for Fortnite because they basically just outright broke the terms. They didn't try to work with Apple. Obviously, Apple has created this whole storefront and platform, and they're they're saying, hey, uh, good luck. But also, to their credit, maybe not what Fortnite wanted. I think they were definitely the catalyst for Apple to say, okay, you know what? Uh, for our longtime 
app developers who are making a million dollars, I believe, per year in revenue from the store, they were knocking down their commission rate from 30% to 15%. I don't think that happens out of the blue if Apple doesn't feel any pressure from any company. Um, It doesn't benefit Fortnite per se because they want to run all their transactions for their V-Bucks currency that allows you to buy skins and emotes and fun stuff in their game and they don't want Apple to get a cut of any of that, well, that's not gonna, that, that's not gonna change. It's not gonna change. Now, also, iOS 14, and Apple's been kind of holding on to this, but it has this app tracking transparency feature and this allows users like us to opt out of being tracked and there's like an on-screen prompt that'll show us. So this is part of what Facebook is arguing because they're saying that the prompts are unfair because they don't appear for Apple's own apps. And they say that that gives Apple a competitive advantage. Here's the thing, though. The reason why they don't show up on Apple's uh, apps when you de- when you download them and you're, you want to get that kind of, uh, I guess, the, the calorie list of what it, what it does, what it tracks, what it doesn't, Apple's apps do not track users or share data for their advertising purposes. So this kind of, even though they're not showing them, it's because the apps don't even track us in that way. The other thing Facebook is expected to do is focus on Apple's refusal to also allow third-party messaging apps to be installed as the default option on iPhones and iPads. Now, we saw that they've started changing this in regards to um, web browsers. You can change your default web browser, as well as on products like the HomePod, you can change the default music service that it supports uh, if you want to search for songs. Spotify is not one of those yet, and Spotify is the biggest one that I personally use. So they're now saying that, hey, be more fair, Apple. Allow any messaging app to be the default messaging app on your phone as well. And I guess I can see how that's important. But the other thing that I see is, okay, I use iMessages. I click on iMessages. And yes, iMessages is more integrated into iOS than anything else, which makes sense because it's an iOS app. Well, just drag the messaging app of choice into the top corner or the bottom corner, whatever that spot is that you use it, and it's there. I mean, I don't know if the messaging app thing is really that, is that big of a deal, at least for me. Because if, you know, if I wanted to use, like I have friends or like, you know, there's some stuff that I do on Telegram, I just click on the Telegram app. I don't feel like Apple's limiting me from doing that. So it's going to... It's going to be interesting to see how this rules. It doesn't sound like it looks good for Facebook, but you know they're going to try. I think a lot of companies, if they really want to kind of be smart, they should more or less band together. I mean, I don't know if Facebook is going to build an alliance with Epic Games, but they're kind of looking at the same thing. But Epic Games actually outright broke Apple's App Store terms that they agreed on. Um, so they're a little different. They're kind of a little more extreme case. So, right, Facebook is throwing this all out and, and you know, a lot of these companies are worried because coming up soon, Apple's going to flip this switch where a lot of these, uh, you know, people that opt out of these, this app tracking transparency stuff, a lot of these companies that really excel in knowing what games we're playing, what our demographics are, what type of stuff we like, and then can be served ads based on these preferences or personal profiles that these companies know about, that flip is going to get changed sometime this year. Now, Tim Cook, 
recently spoke at the Virtual Computers Privacy and Data Protection Conference, where he kind of elaborated and talked more about Apple's position on privacy. And he said that privacy is one of the top issues of the century, and it's important to put some deep thinking behind it and figure out just how to, what he says, leave something for the next generation that is a lot better than the current situation. Cook reiterated that privacy should be weighted, much like climate change, okay? Another issue, obviously, that we're dealing with. But here's the thing. Tim Cook also wanted to point out, and he's smart by saying this and separating himself, that not all big tech companies are the same. And he doesn't want to be categorized and broadly bunched in with Google and Facebook and others that, and Amazon, whose business is a lot predicated on our information so that they know exactly what they do. They can serve ads to us, which they have, which has created a more insulated world of what we see and what we get when companies are targeting our specific profiles because we are more likely as a user based on who we are to support and buy what they do. So I, I, it's gonna, we're going to see how this all plays out because I think advertisers in 2021 and people that are in that space, whether it's a mobile gaming advertiser or online advertising period, they've been used to getting so much data and knowing so much about us. It's kind of a thing where they're going to start going, once this flip gets switched and they can't see who's really using their app, they're going to only be able to base some of their judgments on where to hedge their bets for advertising based on what they know about their current user base and apply that. But let's say you put out a new app. Let's say you put out a new game that is totally different than your current audience. It's kind of going to be, again, a little bit of that wild, wild west where they're just going to have to start throwing out advertising on sites that they think makes sense, that they think might target their demographics and audience, but they don't know exactly the age, the ethnicity, the type of games or types of stuff they're looking at. They don't have that specific information. And I think that, look, this affects advertisers more than anyone else. So we'll see what happens. For me, uh, do I care about, do I care? I'd like to, we all would like to see less ads, but that's not gonna change. All right, Apple also put out some new stuff this week. Um, The Apple Watch has a little more momentum behind it. Apple released this new feature called Time to Walk, and it's going to be available. It is available for Apple Watch owners who are also, you got to be a Fitness Plus subscriber. I think right now I have that free three-month trial with the purchase of an Apple Watch. So these are kind of what we call audio stories, and they are from celebrities and influencers. Right now, there's only four people Draymond Green, Warriors, uh, Power Forward, Dolly Parton, obviously iconic music uh, singer and performer. I think Shawn Mendes, a current artist, is on there as well. And I can't remember who the fourth person was. It's basically, it's not an audio book, but um, oh, actress Uzo Aduba. So these four people are their first Time to Walk features. And it's really their stories, personal stories they're talking. And they last about 25 to 40 minutes each. It's kind of a companion while you walk. Again, it's not a game changer for me, but it is cool to know that they're kind of adding this stuff. I think really they need to throw out every feature possible before that three-month subscription service is up to lock people in. I think Apple Fitness Plus, although no one's really talking about it as much, I still think it's a killer service for the general Apple consumer that has an Apple Watch 
wants to get fit. Everyone is still staying at home for a while, and it's a really low barrier to entry. It's it's just so easy now. I, it's hard for me to imagine not only going back to a gym with lots of strangers, but I just slip on some workout clothes at home, get a bottle of water, and I can just work out like instantly. And these aren't just me trying to work out on my own. These are instructional workouts with people that are there to guide you. It's huge. I mean, I'm loving the whole workout from home thing. I And when you look at the costs overall, you're saving money versus how much you would pay for an actual gym membership. So I'm not trying to kill the gym industry, but it's changing. There's so much that has been changing because, because of what's happened with the pandemic. Also, the big talk, the big buzz around the Apple Watch Series 7 rumored to come this year will finally be blood glucose monitoring. Being able to see the sugar levels in our blood with an optical sensor. That's according to ET News. Now, this report focuses kind of mainly on what the Samsung Galaxy Watch 4 is doing and that Apple is intending to bring this with a non-invasive optical sensor. So this requires no needle, potentially, um, if it is non-invasive. It would gather it by the sur- you know, the sweat that's coming off the surface of your skin. I don't know how much more accurate that'll be. Um, we've got our friend Doc Knock that we brought in a little while ago to talk about the Apple Watch. So maybe once that comes out, it'll be a good time to see, hey, you know, how good is this? How accurate is this? Or is it similar to it gives people a benchmark? Ultimately, inf- good information is better than no information. Um, better than average information is better than no information, right? So Apple Watch Series 3, that could be another big feature. There's been reports of a micro LED display to help with battery life and to potentially be thinner. Maybe, um, you know, will we get a some sort of in-screen touch ID sensor in the Apple Watch Series 7? I think that they really need to do something to shake up the Apple Watch a little bit uh, from a standpoint of continue to make it interesting. I think the the biggest takeaway, though, from a lot of stuff is that there's still so much room for Apple Watch users to grow. I, I would argue probably most of you that are listening to this podcast, even though you're uh, hardcore Apple users, I would argue maybe not even 50% of you have an Apple Watch. And so as this thing gets better, I love mine, but they've still got a lot to grow. And now I take that number from you all and think about the average consumer. That That's totally different. I think I actually did a poll on one of my podcast uh, live streams that I talked about. And, you know, I'd like to do these live surveys to see where everyone, where's the pulse, you know, what is everyone thinking and doing? And if I recalled, I believe only 25% of the respondents, which were over a thousand said they even owned an Apple watch. Um, So there's a lot of growth to go there. Another place that Apple dominates, we talked about the headphones, wearables, home accessory space. Apple AirPods disproportionately have a huge share of the global wireless headset market, at least in 2020, according to Strategy Analytics. Now, they don't, again, have accurate, accurate, you know, sales of this. But with roughly over 300 million units, the entire true wireless stereo Bluetooth headset sale market grew by almost 90% last year. So that's why... We've started to see really a lot of companies put out any kind of wireless solution. Now, Apple themselves, they don't have an exact number, but they've kind of break down this chart. 
But Apple has roughly just under 40% of the wireless headset market. That is massive. Massive. Number two is Xiaomi. Number three, Samsung. Number four, Huawei. That That is pretty amazing. Uh, number five is Realme. I'm not even familiar with them. And then number six is JBL. Uh, around roughly 40 or just under 40%, that is domination. Even Xiaomi looks like they only make up uh, about one-fifth to one-fourth of what Apple, the number one vendor is. And the AirPods Max arguably didn't even move that, move that needle at all. Maybe like a percentage, just a small one. Well, we know that 2021 is going to be a big year for AirPods again. Maybe not AirPods Max, but according to reports in Digitimes, Apple plans to release the second generation AirPods Pro within the first half of 2021. Now, we've heard a lot of different things about maybe shorter stems, maybe biometric sensors in them, um, you know, kind of a rounder shape for them. This, we'll see what happens, but AirPods Pro 2, I'm going to tell you right now, the uh, Samsung Galaxy Buds Pro, I've always been a fan of Galaxy Buds. I love, love how they work. The functionality is pretty much on par with what Apple's AirPods Pro is doing. They have uh, support for 360 degree sound audio, Apple's is spatial audio, but I believe that they call it 360 audio. Um, You know, they have the ability to pair it or connect to multiple devices in their ecosystem. They have a couple interesting features. They have like a low latency mode in case you want a game. But even if the entire market is catching up to Apple, roughly around close to 40% of the market today, they're they're creeping on them to try and steal that market. All these competitors are. But what, even if Apple still retains 30 and then that maybe a 10% chunk, if that is stolen from them and just spread out between them, 30% as a leader in a product market is again, domination. Domination. I didn't even see this story because I had my head underwater working on different things. I just recently released my Mac OS Big Sir review. Apple made their AirPods Max ear cushions Right, they were they offered them on the site separately, but you couldn't buy them. They were made available as of Wednesday. They're starting to arrive to customers. So if you want to kind of play mix and match, or you want you know backup ear pads or ear cushions, sorry. Here's the thing, I you know I have the blue ones. I love to mix mine up with like blue and red. I checked the white and black ear cushions are pretty much available now, but the blue, green, and red ones arriving sometime in either between March 30th and April 13th. Dang. That that's a man, I might I should maybe I should just go to eBay to find find a little quick fix, you know. You know those Chinese companies be bootleg and all that. But those are available now in case you want to check those out for people that are AirPods Max users and yes, uh check out my epic review if you haven't already. Apple also released a bunch of software updates. I think the biggest one that we saw kind of the biggest effect on a product I mean, they were all kind of little tweaks. iOS 14.4 software for HomePod, or I guess it's their version of the HomePod software, 14.4, brings a new ultra-wide band, or what Apple calls their U1 chip feature for the Mini. So you have been able to bring your iPhone over to a HomePod and transfer the music, but with HomePod Mini and this new software update, now this handoff, is more visual, like you actually see the music 
transfer over. It has a haptic kind of effect when you bring it within range from the home iPhone to a HomePod mini. And this is because of the U1 chip, right? So this won't work the same uh, with the HomePod, but you also get listening suggestions on iPhone when it's next to HomePod mini. But that whole haptic feedback stuff, that that's specifically talking with the U1 chip. So kind of an, a fun little tweak. Again, I haven't heard really many of you even call in or talk about the HomePod mini. I don't get emails about the HomePod mini and it still continues to tell me that that hasn't really moved the needle that much. We also have a lot of stories, right? All there was those rumor rumblings that we talked about, Apple car, Hyundai making an Apple car, being the manufacturer. And then Hyundai stepped back and said, oh, we're talking to a lot of companies. Well, according to reports from Reuters specifically, the rumor that Apple's in negotiations with them about developing a Apple car have been happening, but the report also kind of wants you to pump the brakes a little because this idea now for a deal is kind of dimmed according to them because Hyundai executives, they're divided themselves over the prospect of working with Apple because they're worried that they could become a contract manufacturer for another brand instead of just standing on their own, pushing their resources for themselves. But if they have the manufacturing available, I would say, why not? Much like Samsung's manufacturers, components and displays for Apple, they're making their cut and their money off of it. Hyundai could also make their cut and money off of helping them. But they also know that working like Apple isn't the same as working for other companies. And they it's not like they'll have the control anymore, right? Apple has, we've seen in manufacturing processes, pretty strict requirements that they hold true to. And if you can't deliver, they go find another manufacturer. But that also comes with a lot of pressure, a lot of basically kind of Apple is the boss and Hyundai is kind of also the boss, but not really. So there might be apprehension that that's even happening. And again, for those reports that said it'd come out in like 2023 or 2024, like, come on, five years, four to five years at least. Don't tell me we're going to see an Apple car before that. And you've heard how I felt about it with Tesla and all the other competitors. The other final cool thing, the kind of last story that I thought was the coolest tech story, and it's not necessarily directly related to Apple, but it was the coolest thing I saw. Xiaomi revealed its Mi Air Charge technology, which enables it to wirelessly charge devices from across the room with five watts of power. That is the same as that little tiny Apple iPhone charger cube that you have. So Xiaomi with their Mi Air Charge, it's basically kind of like a a station that can detect multiple devices, multiple phones. It doesn't require any cables or stands. You can walk around freely in your living room as long as you are within range of this box and it will charge them with five watts of power. So yeah, it might take a little longer, but it's charging. It's truly charging them wirelessly. It's like an antenna array with this beacon antenna and then also a receiving antenna array. This broadcasts a low power positional information from that. And then the receiving antenna uses 14 antennas to convert the millimeter wave signal that's emitted by the charging, kind of like, I guess, charging box in there and and gives it, makes it electric energy. <laughs> that is so crazy. We, we've actually seen patents from Apple and others for this. 
but we haven't actually seen it released. They showed it off in the video. We don't know how close it is to bringing it to market, but their video showed at least, who knows how rendered this was, that it works. So remote wireless charging technology, this is happening happening faster than we think, and it's exciting. As a tech fan, I love this. So we'll see if Apple ends up you know, getting their own air power. But this is Xiaomi's Mi Air Charge. Check out the video online. It's super, super cool. All right, I told you all, send in your calls if you want to ask questions, if you want to be a part of the show, if you have thoughts, ideas, things that you, you just make you go, hmm. All you got to do, record that voice memo with your phone or your laptop. Applebitsshow at gmail.com is where you send it to. That's Applebits with a Z, right? Things are kind of, this is that, we're getting to that February, March period that is really typically super slow in the tech world and just filled with rumors galore and not as much actual physical products to talk about, but we're expecting to see some stuff drop in March. But let's get to this call from our man, Chris, who wants to talk about, you know, maybe what he's thinking. Hey, Brian, Chris from the Bay Area here. Love the show. Really appreciate all that you've been doing over the years for us and hope your 2021 has gotten off to a good start. So my call is going to mainly be about a couple things. One, a wish list for Apple, and two, maybe a product improvement. So first, what if instead of creating an Apple car, Apple were to buy out one of those scooter services that's doing quite well right now, like Birdie or Lime, and use Apple tags to incorporate some version of a new ecosystem in that area. And also, what are your thoughts on Apple creating a Mac Mini that instead is not only uses a computer, but Apple somehow found a way to make it a digital Apple TV that you can connect to your TV wirelessly? I know the technology's got to be out there for it, but I haven't heard anything about this type of stuff. It's just kind of a wish list for me. Let me know your thoughts. All right, Chris, thanks so much for calling in, my man. Um, so here's here's some things that I think about. When when I hear about, you know, the whole uh, Lime Scooter Birdie service, I don't know how many people are actually using them today, meaning current pandemic times. You know, are they, are people really using them? I don't, to me, honestly, I don't actually know how successful they are because all the times I just see them laying on the ground, or at least when people are using them, laying on the ground in random locations. I know people have to retrieve them and scoop them up. And I think, quite honestly, from an aesthetic standpoint, Apple cares about stuff like that. And I don't think even, I'm not saying this would stop them from doing it, but I think one of their hesitations would be they don't want to see an Apple product laying on a random corner in the street looking like crap on the side. You know, I think that there's part of that, there's a, there's a, we, we think of it as like, oh man, these are, disposable scooters people don't really care about them people don't really take care of them and i don't think apple would want to see their logo on a device like that just because of how they just randomly get scattered and people actually you know there's there's some of the population that actually is very anti these scooters because of how they kind of i don't want to say litter the communities but they don't they aren't necessarily always aesthetically pleasing to see piled up in a random corner now i'm not i don't know if you know with apple's business I don't know if that's something they want to get into. I mean, to me, a car is obviously the most impressive, but it's also going to take them a lot longer to do. We've seen how there's been different shifts in direction within the car team internally of what the project is and what it means and them taking people off it and reducing resources towards it. But then all of a sudden out of the blue, we get a report that, 
Hyundai might be working with Apple. And everyone's like, huh, are you sure? Like, we'll see where that goes. But this whole idea of an Apple car, which I've loved the idea with. I mean, man, I feel like I've been talking about this thing for six or seven years when there's a point where Apple kind of had plateaued with products. And you were saying, okay, the watch could be a thing. Maybe glasses, depending on how they execute it. But they're still way long ways out from that. And then a car, a car would probably be the most exciting thing for me. We'll see how it all shakes out. But I, I just, I wouldn't see them doing the scooter thing. I, that's just me. I just personally wouldn't. Now, the other question that you had about a Mac mini kind of that could switch between being a Mac mini and an Apple TV. I'm not sure how familiar you are with this, but there is, I mean, there's multiple ways to do this, but you can act, you know, a lot of people will buy a Mac mini and make it a pure media server for their home network. Um, there's a great platform and app called Plex. That's P-L-E-X. And what it allows you to do is you put it on your Mac mini, that software, and it gives you access to all of your movies, music, and photos collection. And let's say I'm on a TV on your home network that can run Plex, and a lot of them can. I mean, TVs with the Roku interface and others. And I can actually pull that content and watch it directly anytime I want. It is not acting like an Apple TV. And if Apple really wanted to do it, sure, they could throw on some launcher that turns your Mac into an Apple TV, but they don't specifically because, you know, they they wanted at the time for people to buy their own Apple TV product. I think what's really more daunting and more what is, I don't want to say concerning, but what looks different for the future of Apple TV specifically is we know they haven't done much to the box. We know there's not much more they can do. You know, we've seen, oh, it might have a different processor. It might have a remote that can be tracked with a U1 chip for finding it because everyone loses it. But the more and more you see, look, Apple's TV strategy is to just put the Apple TV Plus app on as many TVs as they can. I mean, we're starting to see Apple TVs as far as now two and a half years get the Apple TV Plus app, which gives them a gateway to not only the Apple TV content, but also the other stuff that they've purchased through them, which is a lot of digital downloads. And it is, you're right, not the same as Apple TV. You don't get the games, which some people may or not play, some of the apps on there that some people may or may not use. But all the streaming apps, for the most part, that are on Apple TV are on every other platform. And then not only on top of that, there's more streaming services and more streaming apps on other platforms like Roku compared to what Apple offers. So I think that we're seeing, someone even had emailed me recently, oh, when do you think Apple will release like an Apple TV stick, kind of similar to Google Chrome stick? I don't I don't know if they will, and I don't even think they will. Sure, it's a cheaper entry point, but what's cheaper than a stick? The fact that the Apple TV Plus service app is free on your TV. That's That's where it's at. And so, you know, I have an LG TV that I use, and I, you know, I don't even, it's made me go to the Apple TV app less and less. I just go straight to it. When I want to watch, I don't, it doesn't even require me to pick up the Apple TV remote and switch the input. I can just do it all directly on the TV. So I think the future of the Apple TV is really, really up in the air. It doesn't mean they're not going to release a model this year, but we can all see the interest is less and less and less. And a weird way, the only advantage of an Apple TV right now is being able to airplay to your TV. 
but we're actually starting to see a lot of the new modern TVs like the latest one from LG and moving forward also support AirPlay 2. So what do you need an Apple TV for anymore? I, I don't, I don't, I think, I don't think we do. So we'll see how that all shakes out. So thanks for all of that. Chris, I really appreciate that. You calling in and everyone else who wants to be a part of the show, bring it, bring some flavor. How you doing? Applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's how you do it. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you. Thank you so much to our Platinum Apple supporters at the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Eric Cohen, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you for your support. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you can all support. But thank you, all of you, for allowing me to continue to do this. The journey still building up, still getting by, still doing this, but having having a great time. And uh, I just always appreciate your support. And this is, you know, I'm glad that I hope I can help give some knowledge to you and some entertainment and some escape. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful to be able to do it. Thanks to your contribution. So patreon.com is how you can do that. But that's going to do it for this week's show. Um, I've got something kind of cool lined up, I hope, for next episode where we could be talking to uh, maybe a specific engineer for Mac OS Big Sur from the Apple team and kind of ask them some of the questions that you all want. So if you have questions that you would like to ask me, me to ask someone from the Apple team specifically about Mac OS Big Sur, and if I can, I will throw them in my interview, all right? So just send it along, applebitshow at gmail.com. That's gonna do it for this week, everybody. Take care, be safe. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.